This episode of All the President's Minutes is brought to you by Bella Catering. Bellacatering.com.au is where you can find them. One of Sydney's best catering companies have turned to home delivery in the greater Sydney area. Go and find them. Why would you bother trying to cook? We've got family friends coming over this weekend. We don't want to cook. Bella Catering is where we're going. Order some extras. Have some leftovers in your fridge. Very easy for you to do. Bellacatering.com.au I hope you're all taking care of yourselves. It's a fucking crazy year and it continues to be more and more crazy. And I think emphatically I can say um, that everyone's having a 2020. So if you're listening and you've been following along, oh my God, we deeply appreciate you over here at One Heat Minute Productions. Thank you so much for listening to this show, to Josie and the podcasts, to Miami Nice, to of course Increment Vice, which is edging towards a finale. Thank you so much. We have great guests coming up for you on this show this week. All of them returning for a massive week to engage with what's been happening in the world. Let's get to it. I would, you know, think about this for a minute. Let's dwell on this just for a second. He's obviously never read a Woodward book. He doesn't understand what Woodward books are. <laughs> and so this is, that's, that's strike one. Strike two is he sits for 18 interviews. Okay, who in their right mind who's running for office in a year, in, within the year, sits for 18 interviews with a journalist? This is not a smart thing to with do. Anyone. This is beyond folly. This is ultimate stupidity. He is so stupid and he knows he doesn't. He did the last <laughs> interview like a month ago. He did the last interview a month ago. So when mm. is the book coming out? The book is coming out within two months of his election with tapes, 18 hours of tapes, hours and hours of tapes. So this president is the stupidest president that has ever held the office. Forget about for a minute, for all of his followers, forget about the integrity issue, forget about the characteristic. This guy's too dumb to lead this country because this was really, really stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All the President's Minutes. I'm your host, Blake Howard. Joining me today is one of my favorite people that is online that talks about movies. They are at the Culture Map and the Houston Chronicle and Nashville Scene and City Weekly and really just a joy on Twitter at at Uncle Krizzle because my guest today is just he's just relentlessly funny and nakedly honest and those two things make him an essential follow um he's awesome i had so much fun talking to him both from like a purely analytical perspective but also as part of this show it's a nexus between journalism and cinema and what's happening in the world and um his insights were just invaluable and i couldn't wait to have him back and every time i asked him yeah, about yes let's lock in something for the future um he was like yeah man i'm here whenever you need me so it's with my great pleasure that i welcome back the awesome craig at uncle Krizzle Lindsay to all the president's minutes mate thank you so much for being a part of the show again yes it's good to be back it's good to be back <laughs> well it's good to have you back it's good to have you back how is uh how, how long does it feel between the last time that we spoke and now? Because for me, it feels like a lifetime. How the hell are you going? What's happening in the world? And uh, apart from tweeting some really fire brilliance this morning about Gina Carano, what's, what's happening uh, in, in the world? What, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I just tweeted that. Just, <laughs> uh, well, um, well, let me tell you, I'm, I'm in my, my bedroom with... Um, the sheets pulled over my head, <laughs> uh, waiting for some chocolate chip cookies I made to cool because that's because that's where we are now. Just, just, just line, just, 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 just basically lying just on the on the bed just because waiting for everything to just. I I don't know. It's just like it's just been just one. Just clusterfuck after another, and just, and just not really. I've been kind of down. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, not really uh, feeling everything that's been going on in the world. Yeah, and just like, 
Yeah, this is a great way to start a podcast. No, 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 but, uh, but but one I I want to I, I want to empathize with you and say, it's not. Um, you're not can I, like. Can I just first say, as, as I told you before we recorded, I am sober, and that <laughs> is pissing me off. I am, I died. I like you know every time I do one of these, you know, for the I'm, I I never have enough money to get alcohol. Or something like that, and just and so I'm just trying to, uh, you know, try to do this as sober as I can, and that never goes well because I basically it's gotten to the point now where I have I fully accept that I have an alcohol problem, but it's mostly <laughs> because I take out I drink alcohol just to deal with people every goddamn day. Yes, because it's just it's just. It's just yeah, you know, it's gotten to the point now. It's it's sad that I've been on this plan for forty plus years, and I still don't know what to say to any of you motherfuckers. <laughs> any, just I have, I know I don't know what to say. I don't know how. I just I'm just afraid to say stuff because it's just I it, it I I, I kind of accidentally accused a woman of being a Karen a couple of nights ago because I'm so on edge, so ready. On it, ready for white women to ask me shit, and I was—I don't know if you want to hear this story. I was at the—if uh, you have time, you—you you want to hear? It? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I was at—I was at this new drive-in that started up in Houston, and they invited me to see Tenant, or as I like to call it, entertaining gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> and uh just the you know they they had they had a, a media section cleared off and they they ushered me into the media section me me and my my car to the media section and i'm trying to get you know trying to get comfortable trying to stop that ticking sound whatever it was ever in my car and uh this woman and her daughter uh rolled up on the passenger side of passenger window side and uh, said, you know, just, are you media? And I immediately thought, it, oh, shit, this is a Karen. And then they talk to me, sees me, sees me, the broken down car, black men, like all that stuff. And I said, yes, I am media. He said, who do you write for? And it's like, I said, an outlet. And uh, and I just said, are you media? And she said, look, well, I'm just, just letting you know, these are all media sections. And I said, that's good because this I media and that they'll and then she and her daughter <laughs> kind of rolled off and then like uh the next day uh the I think the publicist for the driver said, Oh, were you there at the e the publicist emailed me and said, Oh, were you were you there at the uh 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 drive in last night? Said, yeah, yeah, I was. In fact, there was this uh Karen who was, who was trying to <laughs> get me out of the media section because he saw the black man was in the media section and the publicist said, oh, that was uh, probably uh, the owner of the drive-in. Just making sure <laughs> that the drive-in like media was because there was like people coming in and, and just regular people and they were just like trying to, it was either her, it was either the publicist or the owner, like one of those two people. So I'm you, just you, like, you, I'm, you've you've literally explained on a small scale the like what what the effects of racial profiling are in the yeah. context of a drive-in that like yeah like you've been so triggered right now of like years and and, may, and this year uh, sort of testing your patience um, that that's where you are. Yeah, it's just been. Uh, it's just I'm literally so on edge that I'm just ready to to curse out any white person I see, which is you know, <laughs> just it's, it's not the right way to live. Oh, and by the way, just to, you know, we even though like both apologize and everything, every, every, all that stuff. Uh, quick shout out to the Moonstruck Drive-In <laughs> in Houston, Texas. They'll, they'll hook you up. They'll like you know, actually, it's funny thing the post is that. The publicist said that you know if you if you said your name or your if 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 only I said my name or my uh, my affiliation my outlet I would have gotten free popcorn and candy so I my blackness literally prevented me from getting free snacks and it's just been 
just crazy that that whole and just being like, oh, just maybe I need to stay in the house for a while because that's because um, I don't once again don't know. I'm I'm really having trouble dealing with people, especially when I haven't uh, been, been been drinking uh, Belgian triples. <laughs> well. Just so you know, the very least that I could do for having you on the show twice is uh, um, uh, I, I made a donation to the Craig Lindsay uh, PayPal, which is on your Twitter, um, to get you some more Belgian triples, at least to make you know the the wake of this episode uh, a little bit a little bit better for you. Yeah, well, hey, I, I appreciate that. I just I, I, I guess I'll look at that later or something. <laughs> but well, look, uh, just... look it, it, you know, I I think. Um, I think it's really hard, you know, and this is part of why I love talking to you, Craig, is because, you know, the day-to-day, um, a, a lot of Australians do this weird thing where we kind of live vicariously or a lot of people like live vicariously through the, you know, the United States experience. And a lot of people are like, just, you know, you know, cultural imperialism, whatever they want to call it. They're always, we're always sort of looking over there and imagining and empathizing and thinking like we know what's actually part of it. And one of the, one of the sort of uh, refreshingly uh, blunt things I love talking to you about is that like a lot of people don't have any idea what it's like day to day. And especially with the, the Twitter environment, you know, a lot of us sort of from a distance um, receiving this information and hearing about it and seeing it and trying to empathize and understand it. Like, you know, something as small as a gesture of someone clarifying that are you in the media has you on edge at the moment. It's a tough place to be in because you have to automatically be on the defensive. So I, as, as random as that story might be to you in telling, in the telling of it, I think it's uh, I, I value the telling of it. Cause it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's a crazy, it's a crazy fucking time to be alive. Yes. It's not only a crazy fucking time to be alive, but as you mentioned earlier, when people kind of looking to the U.S. of A. and then just trying to, you know, get some of that U.S. of A. magic. I just want to tell y'all, don't do that. Uh, just, <laughs> you know, shit is bad over here. It's really, really bad. Like, y'all know, it's like, and just, I, I, I can't even, like, I'm, I can't even begin to, to tell you, like, all the shit that just happened just the past two weeks. That would make you go, holy shit. I mean, and 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 that's the thing. It's just like I really not, you know, it's gotten to a point now where I just really don't feel like uh not only dealing with a lot of shit, but just like the future in terms of just, you know, the all with, with election day and all that stuff. Not necessarily looking forward to it. Cause it's just it's first of all, it's 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 in November, but it just seems like it's just so long, just so far out of reach. And just like, I just, I'm just worried that whatever happens on that day, it's not going to be good. I mean, we're, we're basically living in a time where uh, we can't seem to agree on who, on, on just the fact that when a cop shoots you like with seven times in the back <laughs> at close range, that's bad. <laughs> yes. Like you would think that when a cop, you know, when somebody pulls out, like at, especially after the, the, like the second or third bullet, it just like after <laughs> that, that's just premeditated attempted murder and stuff. It's just like, it's, it's, and so, but for some reason, we can't seem to agree on that. Yeah. That whole, and just so, and then, like, sure enough, like, the riots come out for, after that, and a couple of days later, there's, like, a white boy just literally walking around the street just shooting people in AR-15, and instead of the cops kind of jumping all over that motherfucker, <laughs> you know, he just walks past, and it's just, like, it's just so, dis, just completely disheartening how yeah. it's so everything is so blatantly put out there in terms of, oh, this is how the country is. This is how our society is. I mean, Jesus, like, football players are just doing the the, mo- the most minimum sign of uh, just, just 
decency and support by like taking knees and clasping and doing all that Friday night light shit. And and, and this fo- and football fans are all like they oh they should be doing that and it's like like nigga they're gonna play they're gonna kick the ball at some point just like, give them this but like you ain't let, even there what the let, fuck are you talking about and it's the least that they can do with their platform it's like a lot of people going oh the you know the nba how dare they do this on their platform it's like yeah like you're you're expecting them to play in isolation for your entertainment. You expect them to live in a world where they can go back to the hometown and not be worrying about getting shot in the back seven times. Like, and not to mention the whole their job entails them to uh, uh, literally butt heads and perhaps give them a debilitating brain injury later in life. <laughs> yes, it's just like the least you can do is let them sh- show support for something and not get upset. And just like the whole like politics and sports shouldn't mix. It's just it, like, I, it's, it, the shit, like I said, this whole thing is just, it, it just m- making me not uh, want to go out and deal with shit. And to be honest, I'm going to keep it real. I wish I was, you know, I've been thinking like you, you talking about how people, People try wish wondering how it's like in the uh, United States. I've been thinking was like in Australia, man. What is <laughs> like? Wish I was down there in Australia with you and the fam, eating Tim Tams and burger rings. <laughs> we ain't got that shit over here. We ain't got burger. You know, I would, you know, I would claw. I would just chow down on burger rings. They're onion, onion rings, and they taste like burgers. That shit. Sounds amazing. <laughs> we don't have that. We have we have funions. I would I, I would I would love I would I, I can tell you at the end of this crazy mess, if you ever find your way to Australia, you have a room to stay in and your your body weight worth of Tim Tams and burger rings uh, and, 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 all, and the- all all the deliciousness that you can that our uh, that our food culture um has in australia uh tim tam's burgerings I mean, being the, the peak of that i mean <laughs> yeah i just keep noticing like you know we you know this that seems that going over people overseas has the cool actually decent snacks i don't know if you ever seen this uh there's this video out there this uh rapper remy ma i don't know if uh, this black performer named remy ma and i saw this video of her on world star because uh, apparently she has a snack plug. Uh, she has a snack connect. A snack and, connect. Yes, yeah, and then yeah, and so she uh, she had she she laid it all out, and she had the apple pie Kit Kats and the <laughs> frozen Coca Cola from I think Japan or something, and she had all like the the roast chicken chips. I know you have. Yeah. I know do yeah. you have roast chicken. You have roast chicken chips over there. Are, there, there, there are. Uh, there's like chicken chips, and then yeah, there are special flavors of like roast chicken chips, and there's uh different there's different biscuits in uh, in Oz, and they they're called shapes, and they occasionally come out. They they I think they did like roast lamb bis- in a biscuit, uh, oh, at, and all that sort of stuff. Amazing. Yeah, I just I actually had some of those Walkers, uh, the British uh, roast. Chicken. I went on Amazon and I got some roast chicken chips, and this. And they were tasty as hell, and just Ugh. I just, and they weren't greasy or anything. They just like we, um, like I said, all we we have shit like funyuns. I don't know if you ever had funyuns. <laughs> Never had a funyun. Like the most ghetto ass snack you'll ever have. I've never, I've never seen a white person eat funyuns. It's always been, <laughs> even when I was a kid, when I was like five, six, seven years old, eating funyuns. I'm like, this is the most ghetto shit. It's not. Is onion ring flavored snacks and shit, and now they got flaming hot onions. Oh. And so it's just so everything is flaming hot over here. Has the flaming <laughs> hot trend been went over there yet? Uh, yes, yes, and no. Like it's it's sort of hit at like Doritos, and there's sort of flaming hot Cheetos that have only recently come out here. Um, there's a lot of like in in Oz, we do a lot of sweet chili. Like they just call it sweet. Well, yeah. They call it sweet chili, like sweet chili and sour cream or sweet chili mm-hmm. flavored chips. And so, um, that's everywhere. Like every brand of biscuit or chip almost has like sweet chili 
as or you know a crisp has like sweet chili um so that's kind of my jam there's like these really great crunchy biscuits um that are like sweet chili and sour cream and they are my current jam because they are just so crunchy um and delish so yeah that that i I can't even remember the brand because we usually just pick up random ones we have kids so we pick up all sorts of random things, um, the little snackies for them to try them out and, you know, whatever's on special sort of thing. We'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Like I've been, yeah, this just like every now and then I'll pick up like every time Lay's do that crazy, you know, they'll find a new flavor and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like years ago they did like the, the, the chicken and waffles thing. And I almost, you know, just like showing that <laughs> around and like, and they always like all weird, like, like now they got stuff like Nashville hot chicken and uh, oh. Philly cheese steak and like those, these are limited edition flavors. And yeah. they recently had beer and cheese, which I enjoyed. The, yeah, the, you can, and you can probably tell why. The, the, be- <laughs> the best limited edition chips that we've had here um, was uh, actually one of the radio shows, a couple of Aussie comics who were like um, on, on the radio. They, they lobbied to have gravy so like the gravy that you would have with like a roast dinner flavored chips and mm-hmm. they were very hard to get and they were extremely delicious. And it was just like, yeah. you don't understand why they didn't keep doing that flavor, but it was absolutely delicious. Like a beautiful, like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, beautiful gravy um, flavor in a crisp. We have gone so far mm-hmm. afield, but yeah, the, com- yeah, the, com- just about- the comfort I'm is not- if you come to Oz, you, yeah. If you come to Oz, you know you've a, got a place to stay and all the snacks that we can eat. But we have to get back. We have to get out yeah. of comfort and, and go to the comfort of this movie. Okay, yeah, that's a beautiful segue. I'm so, all, right, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 all right, I'm ready for that. All right, let's do this. We are at the tail end of a rough conversation with John Mitchell and then a discussion with Bradley. So let's dive into this scene right now. Craig and I are going to watch it. You guys are going to listen along, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Sir, there's just a couple of questions. I'll call my law office in the morning. No question you properly identified yourself. Said it right at the top. Mitchell, no, he was talking to a reporter. Yeah, but I think I woke him up. You had good notes? Verbatim. You really said that about Mrs. Graham, well, I'll cut the words her tit and print it. Why? This is a family newspaper. You know, once when I was reporting, Lyndon Johnson's top guy gave me the word. They were looking for a successor for J. Edgar Hoover. I wrote it, and the day it appeared, Johnson held a press conference and appointed Hoover head of the FBI for life. When he was done, turned to his top guy, and the president said, call Ben Bradley and tell him, fuck you. <laughs> Well, everybody said you did it, Ben. You screwed up. You call Ben Bradley and tell him fuck you. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I I don't even want to begin with it, but it's just like uh, I mean, that's actually a very um, uh, true anecdote. Cause yeah, um, yeah just like cause Bradley's actually, I think he was uh, Washington bureau chief. Uh, for Newsweek, and uh, he, you know, and at the, at the time, uh, is, is the guy is referring to as Bill Moyers, who is a well-known, uh, I think, public television figure over here, and and uh, so, and uh, yeah, I believe like Bill Moyers said, like we finally got the bastard, and he he, he told that to Bradley, and Bradley, and, and already. Uh, uh, you know, Bradley and Hoover uh, had a very contentious uh, relationship because, uh, like, they basically uh, there was this Newsweek cover story on um, on Hoover that Bradley contributed to, and um, yeah, and Hoover saw that and he said, and like. Bradley told Hoover that it wasn't going to be a hatchet job, but of course Hoover thought it was a hatchet job, and they called, um, you know, uh, Ben Bradley a colossal liar, and everything. That's how that relationship kind of, you know, fell apart. And I think that's kind of what contributed to this whole thing, to that 
whole thing of um, uh, Johnson making uh, Hoover head of the CIA. He did. He didn't say uh, for uh, for life, but for an indefinite amount of time, which is just yeah. like any time Hoover would do something major. Then, uh, but like everybody thought, he meant for life. So, what a great. It's a great tid. It's a great tidbit, and I feel like just by osmosis or whatever you want to call it, it feels like such an insight into the relationship of journalists and politics from that time. As in, mm-hmm. we may be telling the truth. You may be ready to. You may, you may have gotten a scoop. You may publish it at the time when it's ready, but the fact that you publish it doesn't allow for the political machine. Like it doesn't work as fast as the news can travel or as the, mm-hmm. our, as our desire to know the truth of something like can be quenched really, because you're like, this should be, this should be the um, huge news. It should just like volley into like this actually happening. But then really what happens is the appointment indefinitely. It's like, that 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 bit of information getting out doesn't allow the president to lobby the right people to actually oust Hoover. It's like, no, nah, it's done mm-hmm. now. You've you you've ruined my surprise. It would be like an invasion, a military invasion, and you've ruined my surprise. And I don't have that element of surprise anymore. So therefore, it's gone. I'm done. I'm cooked. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah. Just it's you know, just like it's. I was looking back on that scene, and uh, you cut it off like right after like right before he was going to say it, but he, like he said, uh, you know, I screwed up, but I wasn't wrong. Yes. Which is, was interesting. Uh, uh, things uh, Bradley would say, just like just the fact that even though, uh, you know, Johnson kind of just like made this, this grand gesture statement and, you know, to Bradley, you know, he, like it, it was, you know, it was something that was going to happen. Uh, it's just like, but it just like, it just shows just like it's better to be, just just kind of set off something that would set it, you know, set something that, set something in motion that wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't be, you know, to to a lot of uh, people's uh, approval, but at the same time, it, it still was something that was factual and accurate, and just like what it just like it. Just, just did not provide the right reaction that that should have happened. So. And we begin the conversation. We begin this scene with the tail end of John Mitchell, who he himself is a very interesting cat. We've already heard from Judy Herbach Miller, the bookkeeper, played um, by Jane Alexander, that he's a you know if you could get John Mitchell, that would be wonderful. And so this guy, who's you know whose wife. Um, whose wife is imprisoned uh, uh, by, or, or at least restrained by uh, different forces um, to uh, to not speak about things that she knows and and uh, details into the Watergate burglary. Um, he's already kind of a a dark and sort of menacing figure in this movie, but I think in these in these conversations, his denials and his frustrations, and he's just like forthright. This is how it is. Um, makes him a little bit more scary, I think, uh, because he's not. He doesn't seem to be hiding nearly as much as any of the people around him. Well, uh, well, I mean, just like as as you kind of mentioned previously uh, in, in other in another episode, just like he woke the dude up at eleven thirty at night. And just any if you wake up anybody <laughs> at that time of night, they're gonna sound like an evil bastard. It's just like <laughs> I have I have called up many a person at that time of night, just like what the fuck are you doing? Just like it's like, like I'm gonna kill you when I see you, man. Just is like I'm trying to get my rest and everything. But yeah, I can I, I can see where you're, you're talking about. Just like it's uh, it's getting to that point where it is where we are dealing with uh uh sketchy shady ass people yes and you don't know what their potential is yeah you don't know the they're just ha- the, the lengths they're willing to go to uh to the to, 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 you know to, to shut people up and so we're getting yeah. we're getting to that point in the in the um in the story yeah and and it's what's kind of cool that 
in this moment, it's really the first time the boys in the film are in front of Bradley by themselves. Like they're in front of Bradley together. There's no, there's no, you know, none of the hierarchical people that are sort of standing in there um, that are usually doing it. And um, uh, therefore there's sort of no one that's controlling what, what they're going to say. So, um, you know, I had, I had, um, um, I had a great, uh, one, one of the great listeners of the show. I'll give him a shout out, Greg, um, uh, Christy. He, he talked about like, there's one guy who is kind of missing from the real life world of that hierarchy, which is a guy by the name of Barry Sussman, um, who was essentially mm-hmm. the Watergate editor. Um, because, uh, you know, uh, Martin Balsam's character and Jack Warden's characters kind of like, they just didn't have another person in there. Just as one of those sort of narrative, um, streamlining effects where they've kind of like he's 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 been made absent even though in early drafts and, and especially in the book he's a big part of the story um mm. so it's 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 funny now that these four guys and he essentially being the watergate editor of the paper at the time um usually are all like all the lines in front of bradley but it's so great in this just pot- potential discussion of the story that it's like you know it's just them and Bradley and just this anecdote. And now they're getting good enough at their job that they're having a face to face with like the, the editor in chief of the paper, you know, like uh, about this story and the stakes are getting so big that they can talk directly to him. I, I would go far as want to say, uh, don't, don't you feel this is the scene? Cause I'm, I remember the last time we spoke, uh, and uh, you, there, it was another Bradley scene, like the scene where him and uh, yeah, I've got you Bowles back for two Bradleys. Drunk. It was at it was at minute fifty nine, so yeah, forty uh, forty five minutes ago in this movie. Yeah, and just and and when we talked, it said like it seems like Bradley is on is on the fence. He's just watching everything go and trying to figure out what's going on. And when you say, like, in this scene, I would say this is the scene where Bradley is officially on board, like, especially in terms of just, like, talking when, you know, when you talked about, uh, you know, Catherine Graham and all that stuff and just, like, it's just like, oh, you going after, you going after my people now? You going after people? Yeah, right, you'll prick them some bit. You know, just like, <laughs> like he's officially down with you know, making this, <laughs> turn this into a thing so it's just like this is, i think that's like that's the reason why so take why just woodward bernstein and bradley so it's like they're all on the same page now and he is he is equally a part of this thing bradley is equally a part of this now yeah he's there's there's there is no longer a doubt whatsoever that he believes everything that the guys are getting and that the scale of this thing as they had predicted and projected and had frustrated him at times in the movie have now all started to swell. Like everything's picking up, everything's speeding up. And it's like, no, actually now the fact that you're talking directly to John Mitchell and he's saying all this shit and giving non-denial denials is like, this is serious stuff. This is serious. We're the, we're, we're heading into the business end. And it's also, there's nothing more romantic, I suppose in this movie than, you know, the bustling newsroom has been such an atmospheric part of this movie. And to then see really the last three guys in the office at whatever ungodly hour this is now, like, because it's probably an hour after they've written notes or whatever, it's maybe one or two o'clock in the morning and it's just Bradley and the boys sitting together. It's kind of that great thing of like, this is never going to stop. This is an endless pursuit and they're going to keep doing it. And, and they have to, if they don't, then, you know, this thing's never going to end. They 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 have their coffee cups in hand, <laughs> just like work burning the midnight oil. Nobody's around, and just it's it's right seeing like the, like Woodward and Bernstein all haggard, and just like you know the the, the ties are undone. It would just like the ties, you know, they're and, and everything, and and you see, and it cuts over to Bradley, and he and he looks like goddamn Dolomite. <laughs> just, just got the got got the bow tie, so so pimpalicious and everything. I'm like, like, where the fuck are you going, Bradley? God, you just 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 just, just, just it's it's going to the players' ball or something like that. 
Oh, just that, like, that like might, going to the, that might be that that might be the fucking quote of this whole podcast so far. You cut to Bradley and he looks like Dolomite. That is outstanding. <laughs> Excuse me. Outstanding. Oh my god. You're making oh, me chat. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um so yeah. you know, the, uh, that, that's that's a funny little affectation that Bradley has, right? He always looks pretty smart, like he's about to go out to some soiree and mingle yeah. with important people. Um, it's the massive difference between like him and all the other editors is that he has to be that showboaty, you know, I'm the editor in chief of the Post and sort of go out there and play schmoozing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he does that, he's you know, he's got the velvet jackets and he looks very very smart. And you're like, hey, yeah, you're looking pretty swish. Um, uh, yeah. Whereas the other guys are, you know. Corduroy is their weapon of choice for the office, um, which is definitely unadvisable um, in in 2020. But yeah, no, I, I love this scene and I love the I love the immediacy of them doing it and then getting the copy and then getting it sharp and then hearing some of Bradley's process and warning them about timing. Because what's funny is last week, uh, you know. For, as Craig and I record this, you guys are probably going to hear it. We're recording it on a Monday in Australia on the 14th of September. You guys are probably going to hear this as early as this evening, my time, this episode. And last week, all of the episodes were kind of recorded early in the week. And then you guys heard them at the end of the week. And it broke the story. The news broke um, that Bob Woodward uh, had been conducting hours and hours and hours and hours over months of interviews directly with Donald Trump, the president of the United States, and had discovered way back in February that the president had known about how deadly the coronavirus was and had done nothing about it. And so it feels like right now in this moment about timing and being right, it feels like it is the right time for me to at least ask, what, what, what is the reaction of someone like you, Craig, hearing about that, thinking about that, um, it just feels like another wrinkle to this like crazy year and this movie being crazy prescient is like, you know, is timing the thing is timing the thing and, and knowing about the timing um, a, a, of the book. Like what, what were your thoughts? Did you, you know, in the, in amongst your doom scrolling, hearing about that. When I heard it, I was like, of course. Yeah, of course, of course, Donald Trump. Uh, confided to Bob Woodward <laughs> of all the journalists in all the world, yes, he confided to Bob Woodward that he downplayed uh, the coronavirus and just how deadly it is. It's yeah. like it's it, like it just it, it's 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 one of those things where it's just like it's so it's unbelievable. But at the same time, it it just makes perfect sense in this in this in this in this this narrative or whatever the hell it is that is 2020, where it's just like where it's just like you wouldn't think it would happen. Like in in a much more sane year, you wouldn't think it would happen. You wouldn't think that president would tell uh, a journalist who is. Only known I know. for toppling <laughs> an administration something as 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 major as they downplayed uh, the effects of a, of an airborne virus or the pandemic. But of but since it's Trump, of course, yeah. of course Trump did that shit. Of course Trump called. Uh, of the military losers and suckers. Hell, he started the, the, the whole goddamn campaign calling John McCain a loser, and it's just like it's almost like it's like a it's like a come full circle moment. It's like those those jokes on <laughs> uh, on on Arrested Development that didn't pay off until like two seasons later. Yes. it's just like it just just we just just wait wait long enough and we'll just come back to it, and it's just. It's, yeah, it's it's got it's got to the point where it's just like it's not even it's got to the point where it's like it's not even Trump I'm worried about anymore because he's gonna just like not do the right thing. That and that's the worst thing. It's like knowing knowing for sure you have a leader that won't do the right thing, even if it if it means making him look good. 
It's yes. all the people who support him, who still support him. Yes. Those people scared the living fuck out of me. I don't know what is their problem. I don't know. Because it's, it's gotten to the point now where they, where it just seems like there are these group of people and they are much larger than you thought they were going to be. Because, like, I always thought, like, you know, we just, just bona fide racist. Yeah. Didn't come at. It's, it's based, that's what's been one of the most unfortunate things. It's like, this has been the, the year where racists, racists just, just came out the closet. They just, they just like, they just came full out. Yep. They just, just, just started just goose stepping and just with the tiki torches and just, <laughs> just there I am. I'm here. I'm racist as fucking used to it. And it's just been just, it's just, and just seeing that shit play out in the, you know, on the news, in the streets, just you just watching people be full on racist, get caught being racist, and, and just, you just, I mean, I don't know just how, 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 how it is over there with you and just what, whatever, what you've been, as you say, doom scrolling, but it's just been, just one after the other of just just people just yelling and it, and also with the with the people who support Black Lives Matter they just they fall into it as well and it just turned into a huge shouting is that and they get get they're fighting in the streets and everything and it's just it's just crazy to think that even in this time of goddamn uh, uh, you know smartphones and uh smart tvs and you you can go you know you just call up doordash and get whatever kind of food you want and all these advancements in technology and society it's like it's like no matter how far we evolve we always take like massive steps back yes because uh, I, I don't know for some for some reason this is this how this is the way people are. I, I I said years ago I told a friend of mine I don't understand why we're like this. We should you know we should be walking around wearing kimonos and slippers, you know listening to listening to smooth jazz, getting high all the goddamn time, sixty nine <laughs> each other, but but we don't do that. And my friend said like, well we're animals. This is what we do. And it's like, well, it. It's, it's a crazy, like the irony is so palpable that you can't even handle it. Like you, like, it's just like mm-hmm. what, um, you know, especially with the Trump thing in Woodward, it's like, why would you ever let a president talk to Bob Woodward ep- while they're sitting ever? Like you just wouldn't let him talk to him or as a president, you're like, you might do a very controlled interview for a certain amount of time, but you're not going to talk to this guy who is, infamous for toppling an administration for hours on end during a pandemic where you're trying to be sensitive with the information like this guy already, he can't be controlled. Um, as far as the, as far as the racism that his entire persona started out and this is like, it's like the longest bow to draw. It's like, he started out with like political correctness. You know, I, I won't be politically correct. And there are some people who are like, yeah, we should be able to have a dialogue and not be politically correct. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an argument in and of itself. Um, but what's crazy is people then took that and then drew the bow of like, oh, so that means that if I want to be racist, I can be racist in the open. And it was like an endorsement of like, oh, yeah, politi- not being politically correct means racist. Like they just yeah. like drew that line. And, and so even in this country, um, a, lot of, a lot of the passive racism in Australia has gone by with political correctness and not being able to say things that are politically correct. And it's like that facade has only held for, you know, it's, 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 it's had a stranglehold on our identity for such a long time. But what, what happens is it takes these massive moments in time where, you know, it it sort of comes out and like, even now, like there's still a massive string of denial of people going, Oh, I'm not acting racist. And it's like, you know, the activists and the journalists in this country are like, no, you are you are acting racist. Like you are just like you're a racist troll. Like that's what you are and calling people out for that sort of behavior. And it's, 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 it's 
there's definitely people who live in two completely different worlds. And like one of the worlds is that wants to, they want to protect themselves. And on the, in the other world, it's like, no, like the, the pathway to enlightenment or to moving on and to actually being better in society and going past our base animal instincts is actually being able to acknowledge when you're wrong. Like some people just flat out cannot be wrong. I'm wrong all the time about lots of things. Um, and I'm okay with that. And, but it's like, it's some people just, Craig, I, I keep hearing them. It's like, you can never admit that you're even slightly wrong. Like what's wrong? You're, you're broken if you can't do that. Uh, well, I, well, I, I don't know. I just, well, I don't know what kind of environment you have, have had growing up, but like I, I grew up you know, in a, in a, in a home mostly full of women. Yeah. Uh, African-American women, like at, at, at that. So just like, I've, I've always known since I was a kid, I was wrong <laughs> about everything. Yeah. And like they were never not to say that you know just uh, that's that's uh, you know just like just you know African American women are just lovely you know always beautiful women to look at but just goddamn it uh, you it's like get I I I I have now grown up to believe like you could never I don't know if you've ever had an argument with with an African American woman but it's just yeah it's, it's, you just might just might as well just clamp down and just admit you're wrong right now just like just. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you're not gonna yeah yeah I'm, you're right I'm, I'm wrong can we stop can we stop this shit and finish <laughs> you know binge watch finish binge watching Stranger Things please I want this, this, this conversation right now because that's how I feel most of the time we're just like it's got to the point now where I don't give a shit if I'm right I really don't I really don't care yeah but it, it's just because because I mean just you know you make mistakes like, like once again, like you, you, you just you make a ton of mistakes. I'm pretty sure I've made a lot of mistakes during this podcast, and you just try to you just try to persevere and move on and everything. Just I'm pretty sure I'm probably gonna get some shit about the African American women thing being being right all the time. But it's just like it's, but th- but it's true. Just like you just you know set your uh, you know that that just people have you know people can be wrong, and but it doesn't just yeah you, know, you can you can just move on from that shit i mean yeah. i think that's a big i think that's a big problem just like when when you know people don't want to be i cuz i do feel like we live in a, in a in a time especially in a country where people hate to be yeah you know, don't want to be would rather be wrong no just just you know would no would rather be right in in their beliefs or whatever, then be accurate. They just like I'm just right. That's I. That's all I am. Is I'm right and shit. And it just it and it just and just just leads to just people not really accepting that there could be flaws. And then nobody ever wants to admit that they have flaws, even though a lot of people have goddamn flaws. And it's just it just got it's, it's, rel- it's just a relief. Like it's a relief to have flaws. It's just like, yeah, we're, we're we're all we've all been fuck ups. Now let's move on. Like I don't need to. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a priest. I'm not some pious entity. Um, and like I think it may be like out of that political machine, um, that that political discourse. It's like, well, you know, you can't ever you can't ever have a politician who um, uh, um. Yeah, you can't ever have a politician. You can't ever have like someone who is actually wrong. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's just one of those crazy. It's it's a it's a really crazy crazy thing um, that that so, so so many people and you watch it in a factual like factual exchanges. Someone's like, you know, even some of the most recent ones that have been popping up on CNN. You know, like someone's like, did Donald Trump knew knew how deadly the virus was and denied it, and then someone goes on like a fifty like line pre-prepared conversation about all the things that they did to be prepared for this thing. It's like, I didn't ask you any of that. I asked if he knew that the virus was deadly in February and you said no, which is a lie because we have a recording that says the otherwise. And it's gotten like, to the point now where I, like, I don't know how it is. I don't know the news over there with you, but it's just like, uh, cause like they're, you know, of course like Fox news and everybody, they're already spinning it. 
to say like it's Lindsey Graham's fault that uh, Trump uh, talked to Woodward. And I'm like, what? No, it's like, wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why bring him in his motherfucking thing? Trump was the one who said it. And Trump called, yeah. and like, you know, Lindsey Graham may have told Trump, hey, Bob Woodward wants to talk to you, but Trump was the one that called the motherfucker and actually said the, sh- actually said the shit that, <laughs> that would end up uh, on, on, you know, recorded and everything. So it's just like, you, why, it, that's a whole other thing where it's just like the, 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 just the way they're trying to spin this whole thing. Yeah. The, the way they're trying to spin everything. I mean, it's funny how like Fox News was like one of the first uh, news organizations to report, to, to, to actually report that Trump did say, uh, you know, the military was, military was losing the suckers. And then uh, you, you go and watch Tucker Carlson or just weighing out all, and Hannity and all the other shows and they would spend the rest of the day disputing that. Like you're, you are literally saying your own network is 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 not reporting on, like not is not factually reporting on any of this because 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 that's how much you love you know you want to build just, up the whole Trump thing. They just target the, you know in all of that reporting and all of that thing they target the ancillary shit that doesn't matter. It's like, oh, what was his motivation in saying that? Oh, who got him in the room with Bubble? But it's like, that's not what the question is. The question is, did he know about it? And how would one say that they, how would one know about it? Well, they would tell a journalist, an editor at large at one of the biggest media organizations in the world, the Washington Post, and tell them to their face in a recorded interview that this is deadly and it's airborne and it's five times Mm -hmm. deadlier than the flu. indisputable it's like if you think that that didn't happen i don't care you can discuss the you can maybe discuss his motivation or discuss how he framed it or discuss what you think his mindset was but at the end of the day you can't discount like you can't litigate that he didn't say that he said it it would be like in a court case like a judge would be like that's the evidence you can tell me the mindset stuff around it to, to litigate it but the evidence is that he said it like it's just crazy it feels like you know, some of these news outlets and things like that, where people are talking around in circles, one of the best ways to stop them is just be like, this is where you say no. Like, no, you don't want to hear anymore. Stop, stop talking. Like, like if you're not going to litigate the facts and talk about the facts with us and admit them at least to start before you start spouting any kind of like company line nonsense, then we can't have a dialogue anymore. Well, th- well, that is the unfortunate thing about uh, journalism today, especially uh, you know TV journalism, where it's just like nobody really. It, it's you know, it's, you know, sad the whole you know the one of the big uh, uh, you know the big uh, Axios interview with Jonathan Swan, where he yeah. just just basically held Trump's feet to the fire by was like, oh, that's so amazing, just like well. Well, yeah, because it's just like a journalist asking the questions people should be asking every Trump day, all the time, and just but it's just like I don't know, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with us. I don't know if we just, I'm shocked like journalists just haven't, uh, you know, just just put their foot down. Like, yeah, we're not reporting on you anymore because it's just because it's just pointless. Because no, especially like all the, especially when it comes to. It's all the you know Republicans that go on all the shows and just spin and just say the same spiel. Uh, like who's that? The Senator, that uh, Kennedy guy. He was just just saying the same thing about uh just I just I don't you know I don't read the gotcha books and I'm not looking for like when the and the reporter and the and the anchor kept count, kept telling him well it's well it's on it's on. Son, it's recorded. He actually said, you know, that yeah. he knew about the coronavirus, and he kept saying, he kept saying it like, uh, "I'm just, I, I don't got you." But it's like he's like a goddamn Westworld robot shit, and just, <laughs> just like they just say the same thing over and over again, and it's just, and and it's just get, it's just getting tiresome, and just, and I'm just tired of, yeah, you know, just, the, just, the, just the whole spin when it's just like. 
and, 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 the, and that's just like the thing about it is just like I feel I'm tired of it because I just I don't believe any of that and yeah. just and because it, it just seems just I just like have this logical fr- uh, frame uh, frame mind where just like this happened and therefore just we should talk about that but nobody wants to talk about that they're, they're go, always going around and shit and then people end up believing that and because people go on just, people still believe obama uh is, is not a u.s citizen they still believe that shit they ain't even in office anymore they still believe he's goddamn kenyan or whatever fuck you fake his birth certificate and just they just people set in their ways about that and uh it's, you just like once again you just want to stay in your bed with uh with the with the sheets over over your head uh waiting for the cookies to cool as uh it, it's, it's bad enough it's just like i it's like every day just like some new bullshit comes along and just like just reminds you how uh, I wish I wish I was eating burger rings right now. Just, just you know, well, like yeah. Well, the cookies have cooled, and it's time for us to imagine what it's going to be like when you eventually come to Australia. I'm going to start pre-planning the burgering purchases as we speak. Craig Lindsay, thank you so much for making uh, oh. another great fun convo out of an episode of All the President's Men and the tangents really? in this one. The tangents in this one are as crazy as they've ever been on this show. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We're not going to talk about other things. We're not going. We're not going to talk about Chris Evans' dick, or we're not going <laughs> to. There's we're a not, we're not, no. We're, we're going to tease that. We're going to tease that. People have people have dove into the dick. You know, I think I think I think I want to talk about the asshole of America rather than America's cock. You know, I think yeah, I think that's right. I, I think that's um, I think we need to save that for your uh, for for your other great show. Um, so. Uh, well, that's on a hiatus, so this is all I got. Like, we're not, we're not going to talk about Netflix dropping child porn or anything like that. I don't know if you heard about that over there. Because- well, well, I, I did mention it on, uh, on um, my Patreon episode about cuties. And no, people thinking that it's child porn. And you're like... Yeah, yeah. And, you, yeah. and the stupidity of those people. And you're like, I can't even get into discourse. Like, the marketing is bad. Yes, whoever yeah. did that oh, was yeah. an idiot. Yeah. But... But the movie is uh, showing showing that that is bad. Mm-hmm. Showing that uh, child exploitation is bad is different from exploiting a child. And I think a pe- bunch of people that are saying that that's the case. I mean, I, it just smells of QAnon for me. It just smells of some 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 <laughs> oh, greater oh, yeah. conspiratorial bullshit. That's what it smells that- like to me. Nothing tells. Nothing says this is a huge waste of time more than when Ted Cruz gets involved. Yeah, he's just like, "Yep, we're good. I'm done." Oh Jesus! Yeah, well, yeah. It's, but yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. QAnon exists. God, <laughs> shit, I forgot about them. Sorry, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot about them. Them people who think Tom Hanks eats, drinks, baby's blood. Shit. Like, oh God, damn it. Oh Jesus. Did I just? Did I just? Did I just uh, yelp? I yelped for a minute right there. <laughs> you, 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 I, I think it was like you were like a Jason Bourne level flashback where something came back to you that you'd like it had been expunged from your memory. Uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have done that because I've. Uh, I hope that this has been a fun convo for you. Um, it's been a full on but very insightful as always and fun conversation for me you're great people follow you at uncle Crizzle. that's the best place to find you and jump off into all your great stuff and uh look man yeah. thank you so much for being a part of the show you're actually funnily enough just like tenet you're on episode 59 and then you're on episode 95 so we've palindromically inserted you into the show i don't even know if that's a word but um, I appreciate you. And this will probably be the last time that we speak on this show, but hopefully in other future projects, um, we'll definitely get a chance to chat again, but it's been a, it's been a real treat talking to you. And same here. Always, once again, I always like your voice. Glad that it's all well with you. Oh man, Craig Lindsay, at Uncle Crizzle. You can find him on Twitter, 
a, a gem of a guy and one of the most nakedly authentic conversations I think I've had on this show. I really appreciate him. I appreciate him for being on here. And I know that it was probably tough for him to be here and sober nonetheless, but I'm glad that he could come on the show because I think when you hear just the impacts of this year on people's psyche, on a African-American man, it's it stops you in your tracks. Um, thank you so much for listening at ATBM Pod. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at one Blake Minute on both Twitter and Instagram for myself. OneHeatMinute.com for all of our projects, including a resurgent Miami Nice. Thank you again for listening. Increment Vice coming again this Friday. If you want to support the show, there's a donate link in the description. But also, we have a Patreon. Patreon forward slash OneHeatMinute. There's a great weekly podcast. Me just drinking rum and ranting. It's called Rum and Rant. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you don't have the scratch, a retweet, a share, a text to someone you know is a huge help to share the show around. We appreciate you. Take care of yourselves. We'll catch you on the next episode.